Thank you for listening to the Content Magazine Podcast, Conversations with Silicon Valley's Creatives. I'm Daniel Garcia, your host and the cultivator of Content Magazine, published by SV Creates. Woo! There it is. Okay, good. Good. All right, welcome to the Content Magazine Podcast. I'm here today with Jonathan Gomez, who is the head of, oh, the co-founder of Aziel Design. My wife's the head. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You're the the support, yeah. So, um, I, you know, first, tell us exactly what you do do with Aziel Design. What is the, like, what's the mission statement and focus of that? Um, Our mission statement is that we curate event experiences um, for clients that want to, walk into another world um we've been producing events for about 20 years wow Um, we started off as a floral design company got into event design and now we do event production yeah and you do like stuff that's like that's completely different like i I know at san pedro square market you did um we did a wizard of oz wizard of oz and you've done space odyssey we've done space odyssey um casino royale game of thrones yeah uh, just about any thematic event experience you can imagine, yeah. we've done a, them all, a yeah. lot of them. Uh, we also do weddings, and we also do private parties that are just curated and no theme really attached to it. But yeah. a lot of our corporate clients that want the experience for their staff or their employees, they will call us for that. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So, okay, but in that too, I mean, we've known each other for quite a mm-hmm. while now. Yes. Yeah, we yes. meet for coffees regularly. Well, it yeah. used to be real regular, then now it's irregular. Yes. But uh, we'll start getting regular again. But um, you're you're really super connected in the arts community too. How did that come about? Like, how did you really kind of like get dialed in with all these creatives? Yeah, um, Heart for Artists wanted to, um, I just really like artists. But about yeah. eight years ago, we created a show called Sacred Art. Yeah, that really brought the artists together. And that's a immersive event experience that brought in model installations, art installations, musical performances, we did at our warehouse. Yeah. And it really allowed us to really connect um, the art community and immerse them in with our event community. Yeah. So it's kind of a mashup, but I really got to know the art community in San Jose through doing that event. So yeah, and some event. and some of the artists that sh- that actually were at, um, I f- I'm sure the name of it was it was Sacred Art. Sacred Art. Sacred yeah, Art. So Sacred I had Sacred Art, Art yeah. where actually some of those artists actually help you put together some of the corporate events too. I think like Lacey Bryan, doesn't she help sculpt? Yeah, Lacey, um, Lacey worked with us in the past. Um, I work with Patrick Hoffmeister. Yeah. He's at our warehouse right now, okay. painting yeah. a sign on um, our building. Yeah. Um, we've worked with models, like we were talking about the model on the wall over yeah. there. I know her through the event community, but also yeah. she's been involved in the art community. So there's a lot of crossover. Yeah, yeah. Um, but artists, you know, we tend to bond as we create together. Yeah. And that's what really got us connected is creating these uh, events. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's good. Now for you yourself, though, I mean, I know that you like journal and you write. Do you draw or sketch, too? Yeah, I'm a painter as well. Um, I don't don't sell. sell It's kind of a private thing. I was just talking to my friend Patrick about it yesterday. Once you start to sell or, you know, put it out there, you kind of have a different mindset. It's like, how much does this cost to make? Um, What should I charge for it? So I kept my oil paintings private. But most of the artistry that I create is within the event space or within our um, the event the space event that we're space creating right now, now. Yeah. and the yeah. events that we create for yeah. our clients. Yeah, that's cool. And your warehouse is crazy. I remember the first time I went yeah. in there, just like yeah. the number of like like really like uh, locks. There was like old locks and yeah. door frames and like candle holders. And I think your style, I think, how would you describe it? I mean, 
the the space I would say is almost goth. Is that or what? How would you? Yeah, you know what I mean, like a little yeah. bit that you're kind of drawn to you and Lene. What's kind of like your you kind of draw towards? Yeah, personally, yeah. I collect relics. Okay. I I've been into a lot of people associate us with kind of a gothic decor. Yeah. Um, but when we have taken the warehouse, we got back to the roots because it's a 1920s building, yeah. and we got very gastropub with it, okay. very industrial with it. Um, something to know is I used to be an antique dealer. Oh, so okay. before we were, yes, <laughs> all those statues, all those found yeah. objects. Yeah. Lene and I start the floral design company together. It was Osiel Flower. It was Osiel Flower Design, and somebody yeah. came up to me and said, "Isn't that incorrect grammar?" Shouldn't it be floral? And I was mad, but he was right. So we changed it to Osiel Floral Design. And then when we started doing event design, we just went to Osiel Design. Yeah. But we started the floral design company together. But alongside that, I also started a statuary antique company alongside with the floral design company. Yeah. So the warehouse was chock full of statues, uh, found objects. Yeah. Uh, wrought iron because that's what I loved. Yeah, that's what I love still. But then I realized I'm a monkey selling bananas. <laughs> I would want to buy it and collect it, but not sell it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So totally. then, then I realized we can rent these items in our inventory, still curate it, but keep it. Yeah. And so that's how our design became very residential. Yeah. So even though we're doing flowers, it still has a very interior design look to yeah, it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And um and then it's evolved, you know, yeah. it's you, you every 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 creative company I think needs to change with the seasons and then we became a production company and yeah. now we're moving into event space right, and yeah. Um, but early on, everybody everybody would say like you're so gothic, and I'd be like, I don't feel so gothic. <laughs> yeah. So you said re- so relics. <laughs> yeah. So kind of like, I guess. Well, I mean, there's there's antiques and then there's relics. So yeah. what what draws you kind of to more? And, and how would you describe the relic? Yeah. There's something. There's just a spirituality to yeah. it for me. Um, I love old churches. I love relics. Would be any type of antiquity that is connected um, with. I guess you would say the church. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it could be um, any type of antiquity that has a, a significance spiritually. Yeah. Okay. So um, I love old Bibles. Yeah. I love old crosses. Yeah. I have parts of churches. Yeah. Um, that I want to preserve because a lot of times people don't know what to do with them, and then they call me and right. then I get them. And it's just something I can't explain it except that, like journaling, it's near and dear to my heart. Yeah. It's just one of those keys that I'd be like, wow. Yeah, I feel God when I am bringing this piece that was not yeah. being used and reusing it in a different setting. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, I think that you know a lot of times. I mean, you, even like you look at the old churches and yeah. stuff like that. I mean, it was a it was a message that they were sending. The reason yes. why they were so big and you know, like the the church steeple was supposed to be the highest thing in town yeah. because God is above all and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So there is a lot of connection and symbolism in yeah. art and yeah those kind of yeah relics. the the architecture and the art would tell a story yeah so back before everybody can read and uh, the bible is written in latin yeah they would paint murals to tell stories yeah they the would stained glass windows stained glass yeah. windows to tell stories yeah. tall cathedrals to say god is so big and yeah. you're so small but the awe and the glory of god yeah um when the protestant church broke away from the catholic church um, a lot of the art also broke away yeah. with the Protestant church. And I'm 
really involved in bringing that art factor yeah. back in or is what my heart is. Yeah. It's sad. I mean, it's sad that there was this kind of like schism, right? Between seeing art as a form yeah. of worship yeah. and your spiritual life rather than just being, I don't, I don't even know. How do you, how do you separate the two? How do you separate the person from the art? How do you separate yeah. your mind, body, soul from your expression? Yeah. How, well, there were, I think the thought was that there was some misuse yeah, that's true, with yeah. the icons. So people were praying to the icon right. or praying and venerating these items. Right. Um, that was considered to be a misuse. And I think that's always something to keep in mind. But when you have a piece of art, whether it's a painting or a sculpture or a, a, even an old Bible that was done so artistically, and it makes you think about the awe of God right. or unlocks a door for you, if it's a tool to help you connect with God, I think it's good. Yeah. If it becomes God, I think that's where you need to take a step back and say, yeah. okay, this this is um, this is no longer a tool. I guess some people will say now it's an idol, uh, an idol, right? An idol, and, and, yeah, um, and so that's that's the concern I think that the Christians have yeah. is is it an idol? But I think that there's a way to. Um, I think God is creative. I think God is the initiator of inspiration, like in spirit inspiration, yeah. imagination, image of God. And I'm wanting to bring these these this experience back to look at God from different facets. And I think that there's a physical part, like you're saying, yeah. there's a spiritual dimension, yeah. and there's also a soul dimension to that. Yeah. And I, I believe that true connection with God is all three parts totally. of yeah. your body connecting to God. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's that's I mean, when you did um, sacred art, that was kind of like the focus of those events. Right. Was to bring kind of like art and yeah. spirituality together. It, it was. And the first one, it's I was just thinking about this the other day. The first one, in some ways, was the most special one. Yeah. Because it was I was thinking it's like that. You remember that like that rock band that played in those shows and they didn't know what they were doing, yeah, 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 yeah. but everything was unrehearsed just raw and, and raw. Yeah. And you almost could not reproduce it. Totally. That's what the first sacred art was. The first sacred art was my art show. Yeah. It okay. wasn't all the, this curated group, like what it became right. that drew the community together. It was just like, I felt like I was creating this art. I had something inside of me that I had to share it with the world. Yeah. And it was honestly so vulnerable Yeah, because I wasn't inviting like my church friends. I was inviting like my industry I was inviting artists yeah. and s sacred, like the spirituality component within the art artistry world. It, it could be so dicey. It could be right. so like temperamental. Like, what do yeah. you mean by that? Yeah. Is it ultra religious? And I'm going to offend people that way. And then with the event world, it's like, we don't go there as well. Right. Cause it's the corporate. It's corporate. Yeah. You play by the rules, you play yeah. clean. But I had a friend that said, I, I told him, I was talking to a friend of mine about it. He said, you know what, John? You're an artist that's putting your art out there. You're wearing your heart on your sleeve. Totally. If somebody judges that, then yeah. that's their problem. Yeah. He said it more, more like <laughs> eloquently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But and I realized, you know, I'm just trying to create yeah. an experience that is from my heart and bring it into the world. Totally. And you don't have to agree with it. You don't have to not agree with it. I mean, you can not agree with it or agree with it, but let's talk about this together. Yeah. Let's totally. experience this together. Well, that's what art is, right? I mean, it's it's the individual expressing mm -hmm. their worldview. Yeah. And you see that all the time, yeah. you know, in art. So mm -hmm. be it, you know, whatever 
like faith or philosophy that someone follows, people are always putting out their own kind of yeah. like beliefs in that. So yeah, yeah. yeah I, cool. I believe that's what art yeah. is. Art, in my opinion, should have a strong point of view of what you believe or what you're trying to convey. Yeah. It should make you think. Yeah, it should change or shift your position or your point of view one way or another, even if you end up where you were, right. it should at least make you think Challenge. and ponder the world through a different lens. Yeah. That's yeah. how art hits. Well, that's the most, I mean, that's best art, right? It's yeah. provocative yes. in some ways. Even even if it's just simple of like, makes you recognize simple beauty in the world. Yes. Or it makes you rethink your presuppositions, right? Yes. You have that whole spectrum of yeah. stuff. Yeah. 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 And I don't try to provoke people for the sake of provoking people. Sure, yeah. I'm just Shock trying value Yeah, I'm not it, like that, it's yeah. it's a little deeper than that for me. It's I'm trying to bring what's in my mind, in my heart into the world to express something. Yeah. And it's and it's we want to create beauty. Sometimes the beauty isn't always light. Sometimes it's like dark that goes into light, yeah. but it's starting a conversation and I believe by sharing that in a community type of um experience yeah. can benefit the community and can yeah. make us grow. It's like traveling. Yeah. You travel, you learn something about this different culture and you, and you see it from a different point of view. Yeah. Yeah. So That's cool. now, okay. So COVID hit yeah. and that kind of changed events for a while. Yeah. We got, we got <laughs> shut down. We it became illegal for us to do, to yeah. do events. Yeah. But in that time, though, I mean, you always had the, with the warehouse, you always had this vision of making that space be more than just a warehouse. rows and rows of, yeah, of yeah, candlesticks. Yeah. I, I realized with the development, uh, development around us, if we don't start serving the community, we're in a, whatever season that is, we're going to outdate ourselves. Yeah. So if we're a warehouse short, uh, storing just stuff yeah. and not serving the community, we're not going to be there forever. Sure. But if we can transition into a place that brings ours together, creates a space for connection, yeah. creates a space that we're able to create beauty, I believe that we could be a service to the city yeah. and to the community. So we started working on the renovation of the warehouse, of the outdoor event space, been talking about it, dreaming about it for like 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. But when COVID hit and we didn't have 50 events going out the door, we're actually able to focus on it. Yeah. So now you're taking the space and you're opening it up for people to come in, use it for a bit. And then actually you have some starting in April, April 28th. April 28th is our first immersive immersive event. event. And you're going to be doing them. And those, that's a Friday, right? So you're going to be doing them every Friday, eight consecutive Fridays, starting April 28th, going through June 16th. We're doing Fridays, um, at the warehouse, um, street vendors, we're curating artists and vendors on the street. Yeah. Uh, Movable Feast has partnered with us nice. to do food trucks. We're activating our beer garden for the first time. Nobody's yeah. seen it. That's it behind the, behind the warehouse. Yeah, and this is all being powered by the Abierto Grants because they're wanting to see more outdoor spaces. They And our area, Midtown, needs it. It's the second most populated area in San Jose outside of Japantown. Oh, really? And, um, yeah, that's as per Ryan from Movable. And yeah. I was like, he, he knows all, it. He, he knows his stuff. Stats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He He's done his research. Um, and I'm like, cool, that's a cool line to and, drop and, on everybody. Yeah, and then the warehouse, you're, what's the name of the warehouse? You've named it James. Renamed it. Yeah, yeah the yeah, James yeah. Grain Warehouse. The um, James Grain. And was that the original? Yeah, Stanley James had the warehouse built in the 20s. I've reconnected with the family, oh, got cool. some artifacts, not relics, artifacts <laughs> from the family, old pictures, and we're working on bringing it 
more and more to re to the way it was. Oh wow! So um, right now I have Patrick over there. He's painting on the old James Green sign, wow. but he's making it look distressed. And yeah. the cool. style is industrial, sure. gastropub, rustic, and it creates a base for us to. Is it kind of turn of the century? Is that about when that it, was built, was, or yeah, nineteen yeah, twenties. So 1920s, between okay. nineteen twenty one and nineteen twenty six. Okay. So we just said nineteen twenty one and yeah. celebrated yeah. the hundred year anniversary of this building yeah. Yeah. like three years, two years ago. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's, cool. That's, cool. That's cool. That's cool. So then, um, okay. So what's going to be kind of different about this? Kind of, I mean, it, it, it's a, uh, is it a maker's market yeah. or is it like, or is it a SJ maker's fair? Like, yeah. What would yeah. you say is the, what's the uniqueness that you're doing? The uniqueness is that it's, it's a party. Yeah. It's not, it's not like sacred art. It was a great event in the sense that it was high art. It was like circus Soleil and really like point it. Yeah. You even had like, uh, uh, I don't know what you call it, the woman on the trapeze or the... the yeah, we've had aerialists. We've aerial, had, yeah, we've yeah, had all that musicians. kind of stuff. We've yeah. run the gamut with yeah. it. And I don't think Sacred Art is done. Yeah. But for this season, we're trying to rebuild the art community. Yeah. COVID has messed up, uh, I should, has disrupted yeah. a lot of things for a lot of people. And San Jose is in this rebuild mode. Totally. So we had this opportunity to create space for artists to reconnect, space to make beauty, um, space to create culture. Yeah. And so by doing this, um, we just want the space to feel like joy. Yeah. We want to feel relaxing. We want to bring hope back onto our street. And there's not really this big agenda except to yeah. connect, yeah, cool. connect the people, and to um, yeah. build something. Yeah. Sorry. And it cool. feels like the ground floor. Yeah. It really feels like the ground floor, meaning that you, you're you going to kind of do this and you're going to see what it becomes. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Um, by curating, I'm the one that's actually curating the boots and the artists. Yeah. And I believe that the artists are the soul of this event. Yeah. Um, in the past, it was also art, but it's a different format. It's not like a gallery space. It's, it's bringing the artist in and having them what we really want is we want to win-win we want to create space that the artists can make money yeah um meet people network and we did this with sacred art we introduced the artist with the event people yeah. and then i invite my clients yeah totally so that created um yeah. um uh, ecosystem yeah. for a person to create art to meet people that can help them um get their art in context, the event people, and then the end user of the client. Yeah. So this, so the client could actually meet an artist oh, yeah. and decide we want to use them for an event or yeah, even yeah. to decorate their walls. Or, yeah. What yeah. was happening a lot, what happened a lot is the client would come to us and say, we loved what you did at the Sacred Art. Can you create again? Yeah. And then I would go back and hire that model yeah. or hire that totally. artist to create that structure. Right. And... They liked the experience so much that we were able to recreate the experience with a different theme, yeah. whether it's a Space Odyssey or a yeah. Wizard of Oz or whatever it was, yeah. utilizing the same people I worked with as Sacred Art. Yeah, that's cool. So actually, so then, um, the and you're calling it... Midtown Immersive. Midtown Immersive. Yeah, so, so the Midtown Immersive is kind of meant to be kind of like a, a community connection and uh, kind of like a... a What's the word I'm looking for? Incubator, mm -hmm. or uh, impetus 
for other career development and stuff like that, artists. Yeah, in, in yeah, trade. yeah. We have long term plans for the block. We'd like yeah. to see more state, more long term, like booths, but we're not quite yet there yet. We're creating. This is like the beginning of it. Yeah. But what what I think a lot of people realize in COVID is that nine to five job that's really nine to nine yeah. that is draining the the energy and the creativity. Yeah may not be the most sustainable way to live life as artists. Yeah. And we're trying to create spaces that whether it's through booths or whether it's through um, longer term spaces that people can create art, yeah. um, have a sustainable life. Totally. People who come there can go and buy something that's not from, let's say, Ikea right. and have something unique yeah. on their walls. Not so cookie cutter. Not so cookie yeah. cutter, but... Yeah unique yeah, and something totally. that, that that says something and yeah. talks to their soul and so that could be um that could be an antique dealer that's yeah. dealing in oddities or yeah. it can be a person who makes honey yeah. or hand makes soap and you just yeah. really love the way that soap smells yeah it's more of a maker's mark type of feel yeah that we're trying to create space for yeah that's cool that's cool and it's james grain grain like uh wheat yeah. and barley and so yeah. like because it was a it was a grain storage place then, it was a grain it? mill so the, the grain, grain mill, mill that was used for the uh, for the pet feed is still there yeah so stanley james created the james grain company okay oh. and it um we have old pictures of the building just chock full of bags of grain the warehouse used to i mean the uh, railroad used to go behind the warehouse yeah that's right it's like yeah. one of those little Spints, I forgot what they call it. Spints or splits. Yeah, it would go off. off. Yeah. And there's three doors behind the warehouse. Yeah. One, two, and three. And grain used to go in and come out. Yeah. So they'd put the train would go right up to the dock and in yeah. out. Yeah. And this is right there, black and brown. What's the streets? McAvoy. McAvoy. And yeah. black and brown's on the corner there. San yes. San Carlos. Yes. And Mac. Yeah. So um, black and brown's on the corner. We're the large warehouse behind them. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and and the, for a while, yeah. Yeah, and, and the this you're gonna close down the street on that Yeah. A portion of the street, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah so we're closing down a portion of the street and we are um creating experience out there. That's where the yeah. the, the, the makers are gonna be, the food trucks are gonna be. Yeah. We're gonna have tables out there, we're gonna have DJ out there, yeah, we're gonna have um and then the beer garden in the back. Yeah. So it's gonna be kind of like a like a like a outdoor it would be fun. Fun, just kind of relaxing, like a hangout. Yeah. reconnect, good vibes totally. type of thing. Yeah. Um, it kind of reminds me like when you go to those other cities, you yes. know, like Portland and Seattle, yeah. and they have like these kind of like uh, just kind of these hangout, almost like you see like San Pedro Square Market or something totally. like that. Yeah. But, you know, a little bit more art involved in totally. that kind of hangout. So, yeah, I know you've been, I mean, you've been talking about this. I mean, even when, you know, when we would meet with Heinz over at Forger back in the day, you yeah. talk about. So how do you feel? I mean, now April 28th is gonna happen how are you are you what's your emotions your feelings and all that kind oh of yeah stuff? we're in push mode yeah i mean the, the inside of the warehouse looks great the yeah. lighting is more dialed in the sound system's getting dialed in um the inside's great we are on a push for the back yeah so i mean we're erecting statues um wow. gigantic planters yeah. we're planting right now we're doing the lighting back there wow. uh, we'll get it done because yeah. we're event people got a deadline <laughs> but I, i'll walk around the warehouse and see everything and be like oh yeah. we we got to push yeah, yeah yeah and i'm bringing more and more people in to get it done so it's uh it will happen yeah yeah um and we're gonna learn a lot i'm sure but it's um it's coming up quick we're in marketing mode we're yeah. in um connect mode of connect yeah. with all the neighbors letting them know what's happening yeah. see if they want to be a part of it because yeah. i believe that this event is also going to be really connected to the community 
Yeah. And the um, the businesses that are in the community, their involvement as well. Yeah, yeah. I remember even before COVID, I mean, you took me out there and you told yeah. me about it and you showed me the space. Yeah. And I think yeah, that you were doing these weldings with, like they were barrier. I don't know if they were like walls that you were making with, uh, there was like metal and then like wood slats and all this kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. I mean, we, like, and this is like, I mean, 2019-ish or something like that? So yeah, yeah. We had 20 walls made that they're really cool. They're 10 foot tall by four feet wide. And we use them for events. So they yeah. actually, if I need a wall at a party, I need this big mobile. backdrop. They're mobile. Uh, they're, um, they're modular. They are, they're mobile. Yeah. And we use it to create this big backdrop in the warehouse. And we have these oversized cabanas that we also made. And um, it works in the warehouse. And it works yeah. offsite as well. I'm excited for. I mean, I hope everybody who's listening goes, to, you yeah. know, out there because your space is so unique. Your style and what you and Lene bring—it's like totally different than anything else. You know what I mean? It's yeah. very unique and. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's um, it's that culture that San Jose needs. The building's a gem. Yeah, I mean, totally. we end up with the building that's it's big. Yeah, it's got big skylights. We've redone the chandeliers that we made out of old pulleys and oversized Marconi lights or Edison lights, but the building's a gem. Yeah. And it's like, when you go to Portland, you see this old like place yeah. that was like a foundry and then made it to right. a totally. That's what the space awesome. exudes. Yeah. And that's good. And San Jose, like you said, needs that because needs that. the most of those kind of buildings in San Jose, they, they've been knocked down and stuff like that. You know, they have been. Yeah. And, and, um, sometimes I feel like we're like, uh, like the little house and up, <laughs> or it's like the little house that everybody keeps building around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels yeah. like that, but yeah. it's um, it's we're still there, and it's the culture. It's like I was talking to Anne from our part. She's yeah. like, you can't. It's either there or it's not there. You can add to the culture, but a building like that, right. you 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 go with it. Yeah. You preserve you you preserve it. You build around it. Yeah. And that's what we're doing. Yeah. Um. So for you, I mean, like I've always. You're a very creative person, visionary even too, but you actually seem like you have a good sense of like navigating business even too. Like, yeah. you know, or is it, well, who in, in the team between you and Lene, who's who's like the creative and who's the business? I mean, I feel like. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Lene and I are both creative. Yeah. We do have different styles. Yeah. We're both creative. Um, I made the joke that Lene's the head. But I'm more the vision guy. Yeah. I'm more the brain guy. I'm more of like, let's go there. Sure. Lene's more the heart. Yeah. She's the one that keeps everybody together. She's the heartbeat of the company. She's yeah. the heartbeat of the vision of the mission. Yeah. She's like that motherly. Yeah. I would say I'm a little bit more of that fatherly. Like, <laughs> this is where we're going. Yeah. And then every once in a while, I'll turn around and see if there's anybody behind me. And there's Lene be like, let's go. Helping it happen. Let's yeah, go. Let's yeah. get it together, guys. Yeah. So it's good complimentary. It is. Type, yeah. It is. And we've been married for 20 years. Yeah. And we've gone through even flows of what works, what doesn't work. Um, you know, when we did the st when we did the statuary company and she was doing the flower company, it was because we didn't know how to work together yet. So I was like, you do that. Yeah. I'm going to do this. Yeah. And then we realized down the road that we're better together. Yeah. And there was times where... You stay in your lane, I stay in my lane, but now we're more united together. Yeah. And we still respect, like I super respect what Lene does and what she brings to the table yeah. and understand I'm not good at those things. Right. And she understands that I can see down the road and see where we need yeah. to go, maybe even how to get there. Yeah. But she's also a visionary. I don't want to, I don't want to downplay totally, that yeah. because she, she's the one that actually had the dream 
for all the makers on the street and for it to be a reciprocal, uh, if I say that reciprocal, yeah. Yeah. a concept that it's a win-win. Yeah. And if it's not a win-win for both parties, nobody wins. Yeah. If yeah. we just win, it's not a win. Yeah, totally. Because it's not sustainable. Yeah. yeah. She's the one that has the heart for that. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, you know, it's kind of funny because, I mean, definitely I see you way more than yes. they. And even when I've seen you kind of like walk through a space, mm-hmm. you seem like you're really good of like, oh, we can do this here. We got this here. Yeah. But um, then it seems like she somehow is making it all yeah. come to life. You know, yeah. that's a yeah. good. Yeah. 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 Um, within the company, I'm the one that really oversees, like we talk about those wood walls. Yeah. Or like the guys. I have a team of guys. Let's make the cabana. Let's make the walls. Let's yeah. create the wrought iron structure. That's all me. Yeah. Lene pulls it all together. Yeah. She'll interface with a lot of clients to pull it all together. She'll circle back with me and say, hey, what about this, this, and that? I oversee the lighting. So I say, this isn't going to work for the lighting, but that will work. Yeah. And yeah. so there's this back and forth. Yeah. I'm usually like the network guy. I'm the guy that meets them, right. pulls them in. Lene's the one that talks with them, the walks closer. them through the project. And then I'll, I'll show back up at the party. Like, yeah. where's John been? <laughs> and then John's at the bar. It's like, hey. It's like, so she she does all like the the business, the finance, the the negotiation. Yeah. And then I'm the handshake at the beginning. And then at the end, I'm like, Hey guys, the party's here. <laughs> and the party got, yeah, yeah. That's cool. So then, and now in the midst of this though, you have a newborn eight, yeah. eight, months. about nine months now. Zion is nine. Z- Zion, nine months. Yeah. A Phoenix, eight years and Maverick. It just turned six in March. Yeah. So that's a lot on your table. Yeah. We, yeah, we partially homeschool. Yeah. So wow. the kids go to school two days okay. a week and they're nice. with us three days a week. Yeah, yeah. Um, and launching this venue space yeah. eight consecutive weeks. I mean, that's a big draw. What do you do then for you, especially if you're like you're a visionary, what do you do to help you kind of stay grounded and to like uh, nurture your vision and even like your family life? Yeah, and that has changed throughout the years. So yeah. I will say before Zion, I was taking a day off by myself oh, and yeah. getting to the beach and journaling and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. This season in life, um, I meditate a lot. I pray, I do read the Bible, but um, meditation has been big for me. Because when I was journaling, it was like I was talking to God at all these ideas and all these visions and all these things. And I filled up journal after journal after journal. It was really great because I got it out. Yeah. Now that I'm meditating, I feel like I'm listening to God now. Yeah, cool. And it just, it calms me down, but it connects me to a higher power, higher source. And then that's when the creativity is actually just exploding from there. Yeah, yeah. And that's where a lot of, like, in the middle of COVID, 10% estimated of our industry went under. Wow, yeah. And so everybody's like, contract, contract, um, make it smaller. Yeah. And we were in this place where we were expanding. Yeah. Putting money in the building. We want more space. Yeah. Now, that wasn't a John and Lene thing. They always say, if you can buy on a downturn of the economy, do it. But that wasn't the strategy. The strategy was that we were praying and we felt like it's time to expand. And I tell people this all the time. It's like in Days of Thunder, where you're you're driving a car, there's an accident in front of you, there's smoke. Let's say that's COVID. The tendency is to let your foot off the gas. But the problem with that is if you do that, it's an inevitable accident because all the cars behind you hit you. Yeah. So we had to press on the gas and get through the smoke. Yeah. And the saying is when you're going through crap, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. usually that's a you just keep going. Yeah. yeah and that's yeah. what we did. And we just yeah. 
punched it, yeah. went through, and ended out on the other side yeah. better. Yeah. And I know that, I mean, that was a, I know because we've, you know, meet for coffee and stuff like that. that. Even during that time, there was a real, there was a lot of family stuff going on at the same time as you were kind of building up for this this yeah. vision and stuff like that. Yeah. My uh, mother-in-law who um, was, got diagnosed with ovarian cancer, she also came to live with us. Yeah. And we saw her through um, her last eight months of life, yeah. which was a beautiful thing. But between COVID and watching a person die, yeah. that's what really was like, it brings life into perspective. Yeah. yeah. So I got the kids over here. Yeah. They're not in school. They're, I mean, everybody's home with COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So now we're homeschooling. Yeah. So I see this generation growing up right. and, and wanting to be involved in that and influence them and do that. And then we have Lene's mom who um, is dying. Yeah. But as she's dying... She's be- also becoming more alive emotionally, spiritually. She's a very devout Christian woman, but she just also became more alive than I've ever seen her. Like in what way? What do you mean like more alive? We would have conversations um, about what was happening. So when she um, was passing, she had a coach, um, like a lifestyle um, detox, get healthy, because she decided not to do chemo. And he asked her, he said, is this cancer an emotional cancer or is it a physical cancer? Mm. Immediately, she said it's an emotional cancer. So, and this was all new space for me. I knew that there is a space in your mind you can renew your mind. I know that we live in our emotions from our heart. I knew that there's a spirit connection and a soul connection, but I had no idea how connected the spirit and the soul is to the body. So when she had all this emotional pain that we started to talk about, I, she believes, I actually believe that is the, the soul wounds, the pain that contributed to her cancer. Yeah. Okay. But so then I guess at that point it's kind of, it's taken, it's gone too far that you can't reverse it, I guess sometimes. Yeah. We were praying for a miracle. We were trying to do holistic things and all these medicine, all these um, supplements because she decided to not do chemo. And at the time that was hard for me because it was like, why don't we do chemo? And, and pray yeah. and supplements right. and the emotional thing. It hit like the body, Every, yeah. the soul, the yeah. spirit. Why don't we do it all? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she felt like it wasn't for her. Yeah. And that was for That's me call, at the yeah. time. It was, it was a hard uh, pill to swallow, but yeah. it's it was her body. Yeah. And um, I struggled with it for about two days. I didn't want to bring it up with her, that type of thing. And then I realized this is her. This is what she wants to do. We're going to go through this together. Yeah. And, and we did. And, um, but that's what I mean. She became more alive because yeah. we would have these conversations that connected her and I together more than yeah. we had ever been. Yeah. And um, it got me back in school. Um, she had um, she school. went to Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. So she was talking to me about that. And three weeks after she passed, um, the school decided to go online because of COVID. And I said, this is a chance for me to get in yeah. school. So yeah. that was also a catalyst for cool you know, serve the community, yeah. do what I want to do. So you have your regular events, clients that you're building and doing. Mm-hmm. You have uh, three children. Mm-hmm. Um, you're starting this immersive and you're going to school. Yeah. And I'm married. <laughs> yeah, you're still married. married. Yeah, you're still married. And, um, and, and, and a ton of time <laughs> is going into um, getting the space ready. Yeah, yeah, But, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's like one of those things where I learned – how to, how can I say this? 
when you go to work, there's a there's a trade for time to money. Yeah, an employer's gonna say, I'm gonna pay you X amount of to do dollars to, and you give me X amount of time. When you're an entrepreneur, you you're able to ideally you're able to be on top of the business and create a system that isn't time for money. Right. We create a value like even though we're not the cheap, we're we're expensive on the design front. We offer such a value to the clients that other people don't. So when they hire us, it's not like they have to get a floral designer, a light designer, a furniture person, or even an event space. Yeah. They hire us to do the whole thing. Yeah. And so there's tremendous value in that because you don't have to go to all these people and we run the whole thing and they already like the experience that we can create. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we're a value. We're right. not cheap, yeah. but we're a value. And we there's, there's systems that you can create. There's systems that you create. I call them heavily blueprints where you can create um, a, a service or a resource that isn't in this worldly system that's the time for the money. Okay. So I can hire people to do some things that take my time. I can take a step back, keep multiple people going, but still have time for the family. Yeah. Or back in the back yeah. when Esther was my mother-in-law was with us, time for her. Yeah. And look at it from a bird's eye view because sometimes if you're so in the business, yeah. you can't see the peripheral. Totally. You're so in it you can't see around it. Yeah. When you're able to take a step back, you can see down the road enough of saying, "This is where we're going. Yeah. Is it in line with what I want to do and what my values are?" So I'm not in this time for money thing. Yeah. I'm in it for as an entrepreneur, entrepreneur saying. I have the right team. Let's let's do this, and I yeah. am hiring people that want to do it. So you got the vision, and then the delegation of that, and then you're man managing. I check back sure with them because I'm particular. Sure. <laughs> I'm very particular. You know, I don't want just whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, but people learn to think like the way I think, and yeah. they understand and they what they I'm looking for. Style and everything. they they adapt it. Like yeah. we won't hire somebody as like super creative and does their own thing. We've done that. Yeah. Clients hire us because they like sure. what John and Lene do. Yeah. So I try. I tell people all the time, before you do your way, learn my way, and then we could create a, a way. way. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And that's the vision. That's, yeah, that's um, cool. we're on, we're on this journey together. Yeah. Creating this thing together, um, going in one direction. Yeah. Cool. All right. Last thing before we close. And um, you said that you've been listening more. What do you feel you're hearing? What do you think? What, what are you hearing these days? It's a lot of that maker's part. It's a lot of, um, as a Christian, we need to serve the community. There's a lot of people out there that are fighting ideologies and I'm right about this and you're right. It's not about that. Yeah. It's about serving, creating value, a heavenly blueprint that we're able to, when I create an event, I'm serving a person. Right. I'm serving them whether it's with a drink or the event experience, we need to get low and serve. Mm. Even if I'm getting paid to do it, a lot of money to do it. The public events are not a lot of money. The private events are. I'm doing it with a servant's heart yeah. to make a way and make a space for people to feel loved. Yeah, That's the basis. Yeah. From there, um, bringing in the art, bringing all that kind of stuff, it all builds off of that. Yeah. But if you don't have the right heart posture, it doesn't stack right. Yeah. It doesn't stack well. So get low. Yeah. Love. Cool. Care for people. Don't have to be right about everything. You. It's more about being a light and about having a person, knowing that the person knows that you care. Yeah. 
that's oh. the where I begin. Yeah, it's the the basics, right? Love God and love the neighbors yourself. Yes. All, yeah, that's what it's. Yeah, yes. cool. All right, plug the immersive, yeah. the Midtown immersive. Tell us exactly the details and all the kind of stuff to end us out. What? Yeah, yeah. When yeah. is it? Where is Midtown it? Midtown immersive is a series of eight consecutive Fridays, five to nine o'clock, at the warehouse, the James Grain warehouse in the street in the in the garden behind. Um, which is on McAvoy, 245 McAvoy Street, San Jose. We're between San Carlos and Sonol in the Midtown area behind Black and Brown. But um, there's going to be artists and vendors there. There's going to be food trucks there. Um, we're having DJ, um, beer garden in the back, other drinks. Um, but basically, it's a place to connect, a place to reconnect, a place to create, a create a place to um, bring beauty into San Jose and the culture of San yeah. Jose. Cool. And then, how do people find it on the digital realm? What's the website and yeah, Instagrams? yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, James Grain, uh, we just put the page up. Uh, most of the information is on the James Grain Warehouse. JamesGreenWarehouse.com is that? Um, yeah, you can find it on JamesGreenWarehouse.com. Okay. It'll say Midtown Immersive. Okay. We're on Eventbrite now. Okay. Um, there's a James Green um, Instagram and Facebook that just got launched. Okay. So go there, like it, because we need more likes, because we just started that. Yeah. But it's on the James Green uh, JamesGreenWarehouse.com. There's a page about it, more information, Eventbrite or Instagram. Instagram is just James Green Warehouse. Is that the... I would need to check with my people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but well, if we'll you see. search for well, James Green Warehouse, it'll be there. Be... Aussie, also, uh, we're promoting through Osseal Design. Osseal Design. And yeah. Osseal's established, and you can find yeah. Osseal Design really yeah. easily. Okay. And we'll have all those kind of show notes in there and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Thank you. Awesome, John. Pleasure. It's been great hanging out. Absolutely. Talk to you there. Thank you. Was That's it. Sound Let me good. do another. Thank you for listening to the Content Magazine podcast. Follow us on social media at Content Mag. Become a member and help us to continue to tell the stories of the South Bay creatives. This episode's music is 408 by Jack Pavlina. Follow him on Spotify and also on his Instagram at Jack Pavlina Music.